Church, you picked a great weekend to join online, to be in the room, because today we start a brand new summer series called Miracles. Say miracle. Miracles. Let, let me just kind of start by asking, have you ever seen one? Like, legitly, like a real live, like there's no other way that could have happened unless God showed up. I've never, I'd never shared this story with anybody, but you're the lucky crowd. So, over a month ago, and this is a true story, I, I was in my house having breakfast. So I'm eating a bowl of this peanut butter crunch cereal. It's so good. And I'm eating this bowl of cereal. And I look down in the bowl, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, I bet you saw it probably formed a picture of the Virgin Mary, or, or it looked like baby Jesus. No, no, no. None of that. Actually, when I looked down in the bowl, it, it was empty. It was just a spoon and maybe a little bit of milk, but it was basically an empty bowl. I'm not making this up. So, so I stand up with the empty bowl and the spoon in the bowl, and I just start walking. And I'm walking, and I walk into the kitchen. And I walk, there's the sink right here, and I walk past the sink. I, this, I'm not making it up. So I walk past the sink. I get to the dishwasher, and, and I open the dishwasher. I take the empty bowl, I put it on a top rack. I take the spoon, I put it where the utensils go. And, and, and then I shut the dishwasher. God, as my witness, I'm not kidding you. And my wife declared, oh my gosh, it's a miracle. You put it in the dish. So anyway, so yeah, I know that's. I, and then I told you, I said, Jody, miracles don't happen that often. So don't get used to this, okay? So, but, uh, but a real miracle. So you may not know this. Jesus, and, and, and in this series we're looking at the, the miracles Jesus specifically did. The Bible records like 37 of them. And that's just what the Bible records. He did many more. Um, and, but, but my question for us, for you watching online, for you in the room, do you really believe in them? Now let me elaborate. I'm not asking if you believe that Jesus did them. I mean, I do. I hope you do. But if you, even if you don't, I'm glad you're here. I'm not asking if you believe that Jesus can do a miracle in that person or that person. I'm asking, do you believe that God can do a miracle and wants to do a miracle in you, in your family, in your circumstance, in your situation, that it's personal to you? I'm telling you, if you have been longing for change in your life, if you have been, been, been wanting to see a situation turn in your life, if you've been hoping for a miracle to come, this message is for you. I promise you. It was so easy. Like I'm like, 37 miracles, where do we start? I thought, well, why not just start with the first miracle? I mean, let's just take it chronologically for a second. We're gonna, I'm teaching out of the Gospel of John. So if you brought a Bible or a mobile app, go to John 2. John was a, a very good friend of Jesus. John would tell you he was his best friend, but that's his story. So John, praise God for him, he recorded a lot of things he saw Jesus do. Like he wrote it down, and it was, praise, now because of that we have the word, because God was using him to write it down. So one of the things that John recorded was this first miracle. I'm going to read it to you, and then you're going to see how it applies specifically on point to your life, because it does. This is the first miracle that Jesus ever performed. 
John 2, verse 1. The next day, there's a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mom, Mary, was there. Jesus was there, of course, and his disciples, they were all invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. By now you know where this is going, don't you? That's right, this is the miracle where Jesus turns water into wine. The first miracle was Jesus just keeping the party going. I mean, anyway, so Jesus... Well, let's continue with it, and then we'll unpack it. Verse 4, Mary just declared there's no more wine. And Jesus says, dear woman, he says it with the utmost respect, dear woman, that's not our problem. Jesus said, my time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, hey, servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washings. Like they would wash their hands before eating, things like that. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. They weren't small jars. Jesus told the servants, fill them up with water. When the jars were full, he said, dip some out. Take it to the master of ceremonies at the wedding. So the servants did what Jesus said. They they followed Jesus' instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though the servants had the inside scoop, He called the bridegroom over. He says, and I quote, A host always serves the best first, he said. And when everyone has had a little too much, then they bring out the Boone's Farm. Then they bring out the less expensive wine. That's right, some of you, you're familiar. Uh, But you have kept your best for last. Like, you've kept your best until now. He's blown away. No one does that. This miracle... This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. His disciples saw it. And you know what the word of God says? They believed him. They believed in him. After the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mom, his brothers, and his disciples. That, my friends, is the first miracle that Jesus ever performed. And and my first question was, why that? Like, Jesus, this is your inauguration. You literally were just baptized like a month and a half ago. Uh, You you spent 40 days battling the the, the devil in the desert with temptations, and now you've come on the scene to do your first miracle. And, I mean, you could have chose anything. Wouldn't you come out with a bang? Wouldn't you, like, raise a dead kid back to life? Yeah, get their attention. Well, how about you tap dance across the Sea of Galilee? That would get their attention. But Jesus, you choose to, like, make liquor. I mean, I, I don't get it. Like, by the way, you would think Jesus would be happy they were out of wine. You know how weddings can get. People drink and they're dancing and they're partying. I mean, Jody and I, we, our family, we were at a wedding last week. Beautiful wedding, outdoor wedding. God blessed it with amazing weather. We were there, but like with a lot of weddings, I mean, it's, it's, it's going on, and, and the, the, the groomsmen and the, the, the bridesmaids, you know, they're young, and they're dancing, and they're partying, and by the end of the night, the party looks a little different. I remember Jody and I were out dancing, and some of the guys in the, in the wedding party, their shirts were unbuttoned, and they had their tie wrapped around their, like they were Rambo, put it around their head, and we're dancing, and Jody's looking around, and Jody finally looks at me and says, oh my gosh. I said, yeah, what's up, sweetie? She said, Monty, you should probably put your shirt on. I said, yeah, yeah. I said, 
after this song, let's finish Jesse's girl first. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm kidding there. So, uh, <laughs> but the whole tie thing? No. So, but it was, it was, uh, oh, by the way, we barely made it seven hours that day. We started like at four by 11. We're like, oh, we're done. Wedding celebrations in Jesus's day, they would last seven days. You talk about a lot of YMCA. I mean, holy cow. Seven. So this is a seven-day seven celebration, what we're talking about here. Keep that in mind because that's important. So remember verse 3? I'll give it to you again. The wine supply ran out. Jesus' mom says they have no more wine. Now, you know what Mary's thinking? Mary's like, I've seen Jesus do this kind of thing tons of times, you know? That day I ran out of laundry detergent, he was like, Boom! gallon right there in front of me i mean this is no problem for jesus but jesus doesn't notice mary didn't even ask him people will be like well mary asked jesus to turn it to wine no she didn't mary didn't ask jesus to do anything she didn't all she said is they're out of wine she just stated the problem mary just prayed is what she did see praying is just stating your issues to god stating your problems to god not trying to demand our own way. You can ask and you can request and that's okay. But prayer is talking to God, stating what's going on in your life and trusting him with the results. Mary, by the way, why did it matter so much to Mary? The last verse I read to you in this story, if you don't remember, it said that Jesus, his disciples, and his brothers and his mom went from, went from the party to Capernaum. The whole family was at the wedding. That, what, that tell, what that should tell us is Jesus, his mom, they probably knew the wedding party, probably knew them really well. And to run out of wine at a festivities back in this day, that was, a, that was not only embarrassing, that could be seen as a sign of like downright inhospitality. Like it was, it, it is not what you want, so it's more, it's way more than the wine. In fact, I'll tell you this, it was never about the wine. It wasn't about the party. It was about the people. It always is with Jesus. It's always about the people. Why did it matter to Mary? It mattered to Mary. So it mattered to Mary, so it mattered to Jesus. God cares about the things you care about. God, and don't believe the lie that he doesn't care about the little things. Don't believe that lie. <laughs> I'm kind of little embarrassed to tell you this story but i'll tell you this last week i prayed i prayed big things i pray for you every week you know that i pray for you every week and my specific prayer this last week was god do what only you can do in, in our hearts as your church get us uncomfortable in the name of jesus get us on fire for people that don't know you that maybe don't have a church home that maybe have never heard the gospel of jesus christ maybe they become complacent maybe they fell away maybe they're not living um, god's plan for their life god help us be you to them that's what I pray. Help us live our purpose. Not somebody else's. Not just mundane, mediocrity life. But life to the full like you promised. So, that, so I'm praying big, bold prayers for, for you and for me. Do you know the biggest prayer I prayed though? That Jake would get a hit in baseball. Yeah, that's how deep your pastor is. I mean, I, I'm just being honest with you. It was a, such a minuscule thing. And Jake, we can really talk because he's actually homesick today. So let's go. All right. So um, we got to pray for that too. So Jake is in a baseball league. He's played baseball all his life. He's 15. 
and they didn't have enough kids for 15, 16, so they, they moved the 15, 16-year-olds up to 17, 18. So now it's 15 to 18, so he's playing with 18-year-olds. So, and he's never seen velocity like that when it comes to pitching. So I bet, I mean, I don't want to exaggerate here, but I bet Jake struck out, well, he struck out a lot of times in a row. And he's getting discouraged. And I'm like reminding him, Jake, you're the only 15-year-old on the team. You're young, and you're, you know, this is, you're growing in this. And he's like, Dad, shut up, you know. He, he just wants a hit. So this week, I mean, I'm praying. And he don't know that I'm praying, but I'm like, God, give, throw the kid a bone. Give him a hit, anything. Heck, let the ball hit him. I mean, at least he gets on base. I mean, I don't care. I'm just throwing it out there. So Jake, that game, check this out, had a goal against a fast pitcher. Jake went two for two. Two hits. And I'm like, so, I mean, he'll watch this online, I hope. And Jake, you're welcome. Okay, I'll keep praying. But, I mean, but God is so good. But not just because nothing is too big. God is so good because nothing is too small. If it matters to you, it matters to God. If it matters to you, it matters to him. It does. He cares. I mean, wine? And it was never even his plan, Jesus. Did you catch that? What verse is it? Four? Remember what he said? Dear woman, listen to this. That's not our problem. My time hasn't come. Wow. In other words, Jesus had no plans of doing anything at that wedding when it comes to the water and the wine. He just said it. That's not my problem. My time hasn't come. So why did he do it? Not for the party, but for the people. This should tell you something about your prayer if you missed it. Your prayer alters Jesus' plans. Do you hear that? When you pray to God... Now, you're not going to change God's will, but I'm telling you, inside of God's will, there is latitude. That's why we pray in the first place. I mean, God moves. We said it two weeks ago. You know, when we move, God moves. Mary presents something to Jesus. He's like, that isn't the plan. It's not time yet. But you know what? I'm going to do it. It, it matters to you, Mom. And it matters. We, we love this family. I'm doing it. Your prayers that's how powerful they are. Don't miss that. Your prayers can alter the plans of Jesus throughout the day. And Mary, listen to what she says. The mom, so Jesus says, my time hasn't come. And mom says, hey, servants, just do whatever my son says. Do whatever Jesus says. I wrote down, although Mary didn't understand what Jesus was going to do, she trusted him. Do you? Do I? When you do pray to God, when you do present your request, when you do state the facts, do you trust him when he's not moving? Do you trust him when you don't see anything change? She just says, just do what he says. And Mary doesn't even know what he's going to do. She has no idea. She just knows that he is good, so it will be good. What do we do when we don't get it? What do we do when we don't understand? When you, when you just trust him, when you just, when you go with Jesus, even when you don't get what Jesus is doing, and you don't understand how he's going to work and move in your life, but you, but you just trust him, your faith grows. Your faith grows in those situations. Oh my, so verse 7, Jesus, remember, do what he says, and what does Jesus say? Servants. See the jars over there? You mean the humongous bats over there? Yeah, those? Fill them with water. Now, we tend to think, oh, the servants were right after it, and they, and it's done. 
I don't, I don't think so. First of all, the servants are like, who the heck are you? Like, you ain't the, you're not the groom. And you certainly aren't the bride. Now, if the bride comes and says, fill them up, we're doing it. Because whatever the bride says at the wedding goes. I don't care what it is. I've learned that as an officiant. If she says it, we're doing it. <laughs> I'm no dummy. So, but, but Jesus, he's a nobody right now. He's been on the scene for a month and a half. He hadn't done any miracles. Remember, this is his first one. Who the crap are you to tell us? Those are huge. Hey, 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 mister, do you understand something? The, the 20 to 30 gallons a piece, and the well is way out there. It'll take us an hour to fill one. By the way, Jesus, you seem like a smart guy, but let me give you some, some statistics. Do you know how much, do you know how much a gallon, you know what a gallon of water weighs, Jesus? 8.4 pounds. Something like that. Get out your calculator. No, don't do it. But eight and a half pounds, Jesus. 20 to 30 of the, that's 250 pounds. How in the, six of them? Can you imagine? They, so, they, so they grab the jars, you know, they put them out. These, this isn't even a great, really, illustration here because you're not even, these are half gallon, I think, is what they are. And there's not six of them. Hi. There's three of them. So, but, but, but there they are. We'll just, as an illustration. And can you imagine, they roll the first jar to the well, and they start filling it, grumbling about, who is this guy? So they're filling it up. This is a half gallon. Okay, remember? 20 to 30 gallons. I'm not at a well. I'm right here with this. And they fill it. And they're like, yeah, we got to fill a little more. Jesus might get mad. So, all right. So they fill one. They, they fill it up. They, 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 they roll it back. Or at, my, at that point, they probably had a bunch of guys pick it up, set it on some sort of a dolly or a cart. I don't know what they had, but they had to have something like that. And they wheel it all the way back in. And they're like, oh. So think of the tension. Had the wine run out or was it running out? It had ran out. That's what Mary said. There's already tension in the wedding party. The bride's not happy. And when the bride's not happy, okay, it's the groom ain't happy. So there's no wine. Jesus is having them do all this elaborate stuff. All the while they're stressing out and there's, and there's all this conflict. See, you need to understand something, and I need to understand something. When we pray to God, and God's in the midst of a miracle, it's never really going to be convenient, and a lot of times it's not real quick. Do you understand how long this would take? It would have taken probably hours. Remember the celebration last seven days, so in the big scheme of things, but hours, they're without wine. And there is, there is a lot of conflict. Jesus is okay with it. Jesus is okay with your tension. In fact, he would prefer it. Do you know why? Your faith grows. That's why. So everybody's freaking out. Everybody's like, what are we doing? And Jesus is like, all right, guys, go get the next one. And they're like, who is this guy? You could help. And Jesus is like, yeah, I could. I could just be like, brr, 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 but I ain't going to do that. So Jesus don't do that. So they get the second one, and they get it out there, and they get it to the, they get it to the water, and they grab it again. And they're like, okay, got to do it again. Fill it up. Man, this is hard. Make sure it matches the other one. Otherwise, we'll get in trouble. Oh, so that's done. Okay. Ah. So, over 
and over and over. They're filling up the water. They're filling up the, the water. They're filling up the water. They get to the last one. And they start to see something happen. They start to see something miraculous as they're filling them up. Jesus is doing something that only Jesus can do. And they see this miracle. Yet yeah, clap for Jesus, not for me. He's good. So they, they fill it up. And they're like, what in the heck? What, what just happened? Like, we got water and water, and we got, we got, ooh, that's a Merlot. Mmm, that's good. So they, 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 they see what, and Jesus is like, go ahead, scoop some out. Go ahead, scoop some out. Bring it to the master of ceremonies. Let's see what he says. And that's what they do. Jesus says, dip some out. Take it to the master. The servants followed the instructions. Notice the servants are doing what Mary said. Hey, whatever my son says, do it. Jesus says, fill the jars. They might not have been happy about it, but they do it. Jesus says, go dip some out. They're not happy about it, but they do it. Just being obedient. Now go take it over to the, the master of ceremony, and they do it. Little question. Did Jesus need the servants in the story? No. He's Jesus. Jesus didn't even need the water in the story. He's Jesus. He could just be like, wine. For those of you that are under 30, you, just, you have no idea. But it don't matter. So, <laughs> and he just, and there's wine. Jesus didn't need the servants. He wanted them. Jesus didn't want them watching on the sidelines. Jesus wanted them participating in the game. Oh, and check this out. They not only got to watch, they didn't just witness Jesus turn water into wine. They helped make it happen. I'm telling you, when you go from spectating to participating, that when you go from spectating to serving the Lord, that's when your life will change. That's when Jesus will show up. Oh, it wasn't for, it wasn't even for the people at that point. It was for the servants. Look what I'm doing. Look what I will do if you let me. Oh, I'll blow your doors off, he says. Man. Repeat after me. Say, God works through people who work. God works through people who work. The jars, that was work. Serving the Lord is work. It's not easy. In fact, when you look at what God tells people to do in the Word of God, none of it is ever easy. Hey, Noah, yeah, God, build a boat. Okay, yeah, wait, a what? A, a, a boat. It's like a, a wooden thing. It's going to, like, float uh, for when it rains. Okay, wait, wait, when it what? Just build the boat, Noah. You know, he's just like, come on. It makes no sense. What you're asking is never rained in the history of history. Build it. Trust me. It's, oh, it's going to take years, by the way. It doesn't just happen. It's going to take hours upon hours to fill those vats. But they need it now. I know, but you need this now. See, your faith needs to grow now. They'll be just fine. Their buzz isn't going to wear off for a while yet. They're good. Right? So, I love this. Don't miss this. I believe that you want to see the miracles of God. If you want to see the miracles of God, 
you need to serve the God of miracles. If you want to see the miracles of God, you need to serve the God of miracles. Serving gives you a front row seat to the grace, the goodness, and the miracles of God. We see it all the time in our church. A few weeks ago, I'm in between services, and I'm standing by that green table that some of you need to head to after the service, and I'm standing there at guest services, and a, uh, a person's waiting there. And I get in talking to this one person, and guest services is talking to another person, and I'm done, and the guy says to me after I'm done talking to this person, here's what he says. I mean, this is what I get a witness, and you would too. He says, been doing church off and on all my life and all this kind of thing. He says, I, 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 I'm done. I need to go all in. I, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to surrender everything. And, and in that moment, this is what he's telling me. And he says, I want to get baptized. Oh, and, and next Sunday, that gentleman I'm talking to at guest services is getting <laughs> baptized. This is some of the things that you get to see and I get to see. See, you didn't know that story. Only reason I knew it, I was standing right there at guest services where people start telling stories about what God is doing in their life. And they start signing up for baptism. It's way bigger than just signing up. It is a declaration that the Lord Jesus Christ is doing a miracle in me. Oh my God. And then, oh, and then Papillion Days. Let's go outside the, the, this context for a second. Last year, you know, we have people sign up and serve for those four days. I, and we meet over a thousand, thousands of people come through there. And I don't know what two people were serving at the booth. Maybe I'll find out after this message. When, when, when Brian and Leanne came up, but there were two people serving there. And Brian and Leanne were no different than the thousand people they were meeting earlier. They're just loving people, handing out ice water, sign up for, you know, sign up for this, sign up for this. Hey, love you guys. Oh, where's Meadows? Oh, yeah, we're out there, blah, 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 yeah. Our pastor, yeah, he's a little weird, but you know, you'll love him. So, you know, they're, they're telling stories. And Brian and Leanne just walk away like everybody else. But some of those people come to the church. That's kind of the goal is to get them to close closer to Jesus. Little did that, those people know that were serving, that that one couple, they inter, the one couple out of all the hundreds they met that particular hour, that one couple would show up at Meadows Church. That one couple individually would surrender their lives to Jesus Christ over the next year. That couple would be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and that couple now serves in the bride of Christ. They now have a front row seat to the miracles of God. That's what serving will do. That's why we talk about, my, you know when my life started to change after a disgusting drug addiction that tried to kill me? It didn't start changing when I started coming to church. It started changing when I started serving in the church. That's when my life started to change. Blue cards, you'll see them in the chair backs. Dream teams. That's a serving team. That will change your life. Let's recap the scripture Remember when we, where we were at? The, they, they dipped it out. They brought it to the master of ceremonies. And he's like, ooh, that's good. And he says in verse 9, when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it was from, though the servants were like, we know. We saw it. He called the bridegroom over. And who gets all the glory in this context? The bridegroom. The host. You're amazing. You, you, you served the best wine, uh, not first, but last. That's the exact opposite. Wow, you kept the best till now. Let me ask you a question. Who was impacted by the miracle? A lot of people were. 
Like anybody that drank the new wine was impacted. Some might have been impaired by the miracle. Right? They, a lot of people were impacted by that miracle. Let me ask a deeper question. Who was transformed by it? Most people at the wedding weren't. A few were. The disciples were transformed by the miracle. You heard me read it to you out of the word of God. They believed in Jesus after they saw what he did. I will guarantee you servants that worked tirelessly for hours filling six jars of 250 pounds of water, soon to be Chardonnay, were impacted and transformed by the miracle. I find it so funny. They're so like, oh my gosh, the best is, you, you saved the best for last. I'm like, don't you get it? Jesus touched it. Anything Jesus touches and changes is better than good. Anything Jesus touches or changes is better than good. You know what? The, the world will offer its best first. That's what the world will offer you. Sin entices you with the good first. But in the end is always death. Jesus, on the other hand, offers life first. Not just life, but new life. Abundant life. Life that is way better than good. And soon it's going to be even better. That's what he offers. Oh, they're so different. I want to see the miracles of God. I believe you do too. If we want to see the miracles of God, we need to serve the God of miracles. That's who's got the front row seat. Jesus blows me away almost every time I put a message together for you. I, I came, the plan for the week one of this series was to unpack the first miracle that Jesus ever did. Well, guess what I'm going to do for you because I love you so much. I'm going to tell you the second miracle real quickly that Jesus ever did. Because there's a, there's, a, there's a correlation that I think will um, excite you and surprise you. The next miracle happened not that farther down the road. Jesus was still in Cana, where the first miracle happened. This water to wine, it was in Cana and Galilee. Jesus was in Cana, but the miracle didn't happen there. John 4, I'll read it to you quickly. John 4, verse 9. Excuse me, John 4, verse 46. As he traveled through Galilee, Jesus came to Cana, back to where it started, where he turned the water into wine, it says. There a government official, this is so good, there a government official nearby Capernaum, whose son was very sick. When, when he heard Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus, come to Capernaum where my son is. Come heal my son who was about to die. Verse 50, Jesus tells him, go home. Your son's good to go. Your son will live. But, but Jesus, you're in Cana. I mean, he's, he, we're, we don't live here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Jesus. You'll learn a lot more about me in the coming years. Go home, your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said and started home. Verse 51. While the man was on his way home, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. Who saw the miracle happen? The servant saw it. There's something about being a servant. 
that gives you a front row seat to the grace of God. Jesus didn't even see the miracle, and he's Jesus. The day I didn't see the miracle, he was just told, trust me, it happened. The servants, serving, working. God works through people who work. They see the miracle. They're running. Oh, my God. The kid was dead. Almost dead. I can't wait to tell the man. I can't wait to tell his dad. I can't wait to tell his dad. You're not going to believe this. But your son, like he's up. He's playing. He's running. And miracles are, are never the end. I've, we've shared this before. They're always a means to an end. And they always start with a problem. Everybody wants the miracle, nobody wants the problem, but there is no miracle without a problem. Jesus, we have a problem, there's no more wine. Jesus, I've got a problem, my son is dying. The means to an end, it was never about the wine, it was about the people. In the end, the servants were transformed, the disciples believed. In this story, the nobleman, his son, guess what the word of God says, I'm not going to even... I'll tell you what it says, but I want you to read it for yourself this week in John 4. His whole family was saved. Saved! Not just from a sickness, but from hell and death. It was never about the physical healing. That was a means to an end. The whole fa- the boy, the dad, the entire family, it says, believed in Jesus. That was the end. That was the goal. You want to see the miracles of God. You need to serve the God of miracles because he's still a God of miracles. He's still a God who makes pathways through the sea. He's still a God who makes the sun stand still. He's still a God who turns water into wine. But make no mistake, today he is calling you and I from the seats to the streets, to be active participants in all that he wants to do in you and through you. Let's go. I want to be that church. I want to see those miracles. God, I want to see it. Mary saw it. Mary saw a lot. Do you know the first time we're introduced to Mother Mary was was the message you heard? It was at the wedding in Cana. It's the first time she's introduced in the Gospel of John. Celebrating new life, a wedding with her son. The last time we see Mary in the Gospel of John, she's standing at the foot of the cross, preparing for death. The death of her son. If you were to tell Mary that you and I would label that Friday Good Friday, I think she would take offense. As she would watch her son bleed out, as she would watch him like struggle to breathe in and out, she would watch him suffocate slowly for six hours. That's what the word says, nine o'clock to three o'clock. Oh man, where are my parents in the room? I lamented because my kid wasn't getting a hit in baseball. And Jesus is watching, or Mary is watching her son slowly die right before her eyes. The last words that Jesus said according to John, I think it's John 1931, is that right? Something like that. I mean, I'm a pastor, but you think I know the Bible? I mean, I'm just kidding. 1930, I did write it down. 
it is finished. So after six hours, he hangs there, and then it says, he says, it is finished. And then his head drops, and the word of God says, he gave up his spirit. In other words, Jesus at that point died. Mary looking right at him, seeing it all. And when Jesus gave up his spirit, Mary gave up hope. That's a whole nother sermon. If you want to debate, I mean, it's, I'm, telling, I'm telling you. She gave up hope. And so did those disciples that believed that the water turned into, they gave up hope as well. Hope was gone. There was, there was nothing good about that Friday. According to the believers, according to the disciples, the servants, to Mary, nothing. Why? Because, because their master, their, their, their king, their teacher, their leader, their miracle worker was gone. He was dead. Just like Jesus said, it was finished. But don't miss the words that Jesus said. He said, it is finished. He didn't say he was finished. See, the it in it was finished was the plan from the beginning after we became all messed up. And you know you're messed up and I know I'm messed up. We don't need to really hound on that. We're sinners. We screw up. And Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God have a, this plan to send Jesus. And Jesus goes into the world. And he's baptized at 30 years old as an adult man who's signing up for baptism today. I'm telling you, that is a next step for many people in the room. He's baptized. He battles the devil, wins the battle in a desert. And he goes to a wedding in Cana. And from there, he would strain miracle after miracle after miracle. He would be persecuted. He would be left. He would be beat. And he would be stripped. And he would be crucified. It is finished. What is finished, Jesus? My plan. My journey. This, my journey on earth. Her plan is finished. What is it? Death. That's what's finished. If you lean into the word of God. Hell, it's finished. You, you, you have a reprieve. You have, a, you have an out. The enemy, the one that I went after in the desert, he's done. That's what's finished. But as far as Jesus, he wasn't finished. No, no, no. At the cross, Jesus wasn't finished. In fact, I would tell you that Jesus was just getting started. Why? Because three days later, Jesus Christ brought himself. You need to get louder than that. Three days later, Jesus Christ brought himself back to life. And if he can do that, what can he do in you? The resurrection of Jesus Christ is why you have hope and I have hope. That is it. He was dead as dead could be. So dead, Mary lost such hope she didn't even, she wasn't at the tomb that morning waiting for Jesus to come alive. Peter wasn't at the tomb. John, I hate to call you out, John, but you weren't there. You didn't believe Jesus was going to rise from the dead. You didn't believe it. And you and I wouldn't have believed it either because that kind of thing doesn't happen unless you're Jesus. I wrote something down, and it starts at that wedding. My family wouldn't have gone to the wedding last week in Red Wing, Minnesota, if we weren't invited. 
You don't show up at weddings if you're not wanted or you're not invited. You get an invitation that will prompt you to think, oh, we're invited to go into this. What if Jesus wasn't invited in? I wrote it down. When Jesus is invited in, the potential for the supernatural is unlimited. What he wants to do in you, he invites you into your, he invites, he wants to be invited into your mess. We could change this up real quick and say, okay, this isn't wine, this is me. So disgusting and so sinful and so full of something that isn't pure. Like, that's me. And you can relate to that because of maybe the mess that you're in right now and the decisions that you've made. Praise God you're watching. Praise God you're here. Oh, he loves you. And Jesus, the, the Gospel of John talks about this. Jesus says, drink me in. Take in living water. Not just water that makes you thirsty again, Steve, but living water. You come to me and you'll never be hungry again. You surrender your life to me. Sell out to the King of Kings and you will never thirst again. Drink me in. You're a mess. He says, drink me in. And I will make you clear. And I will make you clean. And I'll do what only I can do in your life. That's what Jesus wants to do in you. See, when you drink him in, he makes you better. But if he's not in you, you're hopeless. All you need is a drink. All you need is faith. And he will do what only he can do in your life. Jesus. So, and people will ask me as a pastor, do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe the water into one? You, do I believe that Jesus can take a bloodstained cross and turn it into an empty tomb? I believe it and I know it. Do I believe that Jesus took water and turned it into wine? I don't just believe it. I know it. And I know because I know that in my family, he took drugs and turned them into purpose. He took selfishness and he turned it into a second chance. And he took an all-out mess and turned it into an absolute miracle. Now if Jesus can do it in me, what do you think he wants to do in you? Oh, this is just the beginning. Drink me in. I will make you new. You and of yourself, you're dead in the water. Hell is our home. But Jesus says, drink me in. By faith you are saved. The cross, the work was, it was finished for Jesus on the cross. His, his plan there. It wasn't finished for you. See, you have to exercise faith and believe. Jesus is the son of God, the savior of the world. Only he can make me clean. Kid you not, you may have heard the gospel 10,000 times. I don't care. It doesn't matter how many times you heard it. When have you bowed down before it and surrendered everything to it? There's a lot of people that know the gospel that are in hell. A lot of people. A lot. He says, surrender to me. Sell out to me. Just give it to me. He wants all of you, all your junk. That's what he came for. He can make it all clean. Just a drink. 
Oh, what the Lord can do. If you want to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I mean it. Like, this is your moment. This is why he has you here. That you believe that he's the son of God, the savior of the world, and you're ready to quit living the life that's killing you on the inside and killing your family and killing your children. God, don't you want it? It's here. He says, call on me. I am living water. Sell out to him today by, by, by your faith and his grace. You are saved and you are set free. And that is a daily surrender. That decision, that sellout saves you. But to walk in him, I have to, I have to crucify my selfishness daily because my nature is selfish. Even with Christ in me, I'm, I'm still battling that nature. But I have hope because he's in me. And anything, he in me is greater than anything out of me. And the same is true for you. I'm going to pray for you, but I want to make it so crystal clear of your action item. Some of you need to get baptized next weekend. Baptism doesn't save you, okay? If it did, the thief on the cross next to Jesus that got saved in a second, well, that he's not saved because I don't see anywhere that he got baptized. But Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. But it does tell the world that you're saved. And if you don't think baptism is important, you're, you're rebuking the Son of Man. Because he said it's something that I must do. And we must follow that example. Papillion days and being a servant. Serve in the body of Christ. Some of you, you, we want to give you a Dream Team shirt as you serve in here. The only way Meadows is going to reach and change our community is if most of our church is serving in the church and, and reaching people outside the church. It's the only way. I don't say that to pressure you. I, I, I say that because I want you to see the miracles of God. The servants get to see them. The, they don't just see them. They get to like help make it happen. Oh my God. God wants to use you. But before God can use you, he wants to do a work in you. We're going to praise God in song, and then the prayer team's going to come up. Oh, there's some of you, most of you, okay, all of you, that should be flooding the stage for prayer after that. Don't leave here if you need prayer. That would be insanity. You are loved by the King of kings, Lord of lords. Today, he's calling you home. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, we are in awe. <laughs> you think of this miracle, like, why would Jesus be, like, turning? What's the big deal? It was never about the wine. It was about the kingdom. It wasn't about the party. It was about the people. Father, today, there are people here and watching online there are people watching this three years from now. You're speaking directly to them. We did not come to church just to come to church. Coming, that didn't, coming to church don't even make sense. We are the church. But before we can be the church, God, we need to go all in for you. For the people that need to surrender all of themselves to you, God, I pray that they will do it. I pray they indicate it. Let us know so we can love them and walk with them and celebrate with them. God, serving, it isn't just what we do. A servant is who we want to be. Help us do that. We learned today it's not easy. It isn't convenient. You serve a service and attend a service? Yeah. Yeah. For the one who spent six hours gasping for air 
so that I might live forever with him and you might live forever with him. It is a privilege to serve God, to give our lives away, not just work, but I'm talking kingdom work, eternal work, work that will impact the lives of people for the rest of their lives and beyond. God, I pray for those who are hurting and struggling. I pray for those who need you. I pray that they will come, let the prayer team pray over them, with them, and for them. There is hope. It is found in Christ and only in you, God. You are the center of this church. You are the bride. Or we are the bride. You are the groom. Thank you for saving us and setting us free. Thank you for modeling what it means to live a life that honors God and to live our purpose. Father, we love you. We're blown away by your grace and your goodness. In you, the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church says, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for watching today. But don't stop there. I want to invite you to like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, share this message with a friend. I mean, there are so many people out there hurting, struggling, and you have the ability to make an impact in their life. And finally, if, you're, if you live in the Omaha area, I want to encourage you, come join us on a weekend service. We would love, love to meet you. God bless you.